Hey everyone, today you are going to go on an amazing journey. What if I told you our next guest went from having almost no money to being on the floor in her living room trying to start a business to one day selling her company for $1.2 billion in addition to her finding out later in life that she was adopted. I am so excited to talk to Jamie Kern Lima today. We had an incredible conversation. And as you know, this podcast is called Trust and Believe, and she is going to help you transcend into your belief, especially with her new book called Believe It. I can hold up this book and you can read this book. And then there's another level of listening to this interview and being completely inspired. So get ready to trust and believe it. Somebody say it again. No, no, no. What's up? It's better than Oprah. Come on, y'all. This is Sean T. And it's time to trust and believe. But before I introduce our guest for today, I have to tell you a little story. So imagine being in New York City, uh, and one night I had dinner with one of the most amazing inspires in my life, uh, Mel Robbins. And the next day, I, w- I had the opportunity to go on her show. And before the show started, she says, you know what? You have to, before the show, you have to come into my green room, I have to introduce you to someone amazing. And so, you know, like typical me, I'm really excited. I'm like, who am I going to meet today? But I walk into the room and there was this incredible energy in there. And I was really driven to it. And it made me ask a question that I ask a lot of times. And I think the question was that I asked this particular day was, you know, 
high low hero buffalo i just wanted to get a read of the room because i really wanted to hear from this person because her energy was so magnetic and powerful and i was super excited and my and alex was excited we were just all excited to be in the room with this person and it happened to be jamie kern lima this journey you're about to go on is incredible jamie welcome to the show Oh, Sean, thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. And uh, I felt the same way meeting you. It was like, it was like light just entered the room and I was drawn to you. And yeah, super, super honored. It's such a big moment too to share with you. And just thank you for having me and sharing this with your community. I love what you said. Get your seatbelt ready. Uh, <laughs> it's perfect. <laughs> Now, we're going to talk about a lot today, and I just have to say to people and say to you, Jamie, I don't want to give away too much. I want to give people just enough of you and your story and your life journey so that after this episode, they can go out and get the book. But let's just dive into it. First, my first question is, you know, I did read the book, but the foundation of your energy and the foundation of your drive and inspiration comes from somewhere. And I just want you, I know you've been on many stages and you've spoken all over the place, but where does that foundational energy come from that you carry with you? Mm, I think, um, you know, it's such a good question. I think that of all the things I've done wrong, which is a whole lot in my journey, especially in like going from, working as a Denny's waitress to eventually, you know, building uh, a huge company and all those kind of things. Um, one of the things I did right was, was figure out exactly your question, how to kind of like get still tune in and hear that, that inner knowing. Um, and I believe every one of us has it. I believe every one of us has it. And I think, you know, for me, um, you know, I was, no one in my family went to college. I was raised kind of, uh, you know, very differently than kind of like this inkling I had deep down inside of the life I wanted. Um, and I remember even in the days when I was working uh, as a waitress at Denny's, right? And maybe so many people can relate to this who are listening. Like, I kind of knew deep down inside, like, okay, I'm, I'm created for more in the sense of like, I have more to give and, and more to create um, and more to serve and more to see. <laughs> and I always kind of knew it. Um, and I went through this really lifelong journey though, of like, like, like knowing I, I was kind of created for more, but doubting it anyway. Mm. And kind of my whole life actually. And maybe <laughs> a, a lot of people out there may be in the same spot. And it's kind of why I wrote the book because I feel like while it's my story of going from a girl who didn't believe in herself to like believing in herself and not not trusting herself to learning actually how to kind of like break through all the self-doubt and hear that inner voice and like and trust it um go from doubting i'm enough to really on that journey of knowing i'm enough and and it's i just think it's well, it's my story. I feel like it's so many people's story out there. You know what I mean? Who are kind of in this space of maybe too, just like I've had while working in Denny's or any other moments in my life, this kind of feeling deep down inside of like, oh, I know there's more I have to do or give or serve. And maybe I'm in the wrong job right now, or maybe I'm in a tough season right now. Um, but like, I know I'm created for more. And like, 
their biggest obstacle is how do I stop doubting it? <laughs> and how do I like step into all of who I am, right? And all of who you're called to be. And so that's kind of the whole the whole journey in this book and um and all that. But yeah, it's it's um and listen, I still have doubt enter the room. When Shanti enters the dressing room, there's a moment where I'm like, in two seconds in my head, like, oh, wait, wait, wait. Am I cool enough? Am I in good enough shape? Am I Like all those things enter. I'm like, uh-uh-uh. I turn down the volume on that self-doubt. <laughs> I turn it up and I'm like, oh, I know I'm a beautiful soul and a human being. So for that reason, you know, it's great me and Sean are meeting, right? It's like a life journey of figuring out how to believe we're, we belong, how to believe we're enough. Mm. Um, and not doing those things, I think, is like the biggest dream killer. It's the biggest thing that, like, like I still get tempted and Shanti enters the room. Oh, I'm going to shrink down and just like congratulate him and all his successes versus like show up authentically. And uh, you know what I'm saying? And it's this lifelong journey. And like how I went from my living room with no money to billion dollar entrepreneur is figuring out how to get past all that crap we hear in our own heads, right? I was going to say to you, you were on the living room floor with your laptop, with with your partner, your husband, and you went from the living room floor not knowing really how you were going to build your bank account from the little money you had to selling your company for $1.2 billion. Now, I want people to know, I'm not a person that chases a number. And I thought it was really amazing that you let that out, let the cat out of the bag first, because you really proved to people that it's not about the number, it's about the journey and everything that comes in between. And so, you know, I saw that, I still get the chills knowing, like, knowing that you did that and you went from where you went to and you talked about love and you did all these things. And so I'm going to ask you a really tough question. Yeah. Um, the, your book is called Believe It, which I love because I think, you know, I trust in Yes, yes. But if you can describe the internal journey in one word, what would it be? Like going from the living room floor to selling the company that day that was like so crazy. What, how could you describe it in one word? And then I have a, a few more questions for you, obviously. I would describe it as transcend. Mm. Transcend because it was a God-sized dream that was years of everyone saying no in some of the most painful ways. <laughs> um, it was many years of like thinking, oh my gosh, this product works. It's just going to, you know, all those things. And most all the experts saying no. And by the way, I love that you're asking these questions because here's the thing is like, sometimes people, you know, might just Google the story and be like, oh, and they see what almost looks like a fairy tale kind of a story. That's really just the headlines. And I think the problem with that is every person out there then feels like they're alone in their own like setbacks and their own struggles and all the rejection they're getting. Um, I think again, I did so many things. I made so many mistakes along the way, but I also knew that like, of course I'd have to work really, really hard if I was ever going to make it. 
Of course, I'd have to get back up every time I got knocked down on the journey. But I knew if I was going to make it, like the most important thing came down to me believing that I could. And for me, you know, and here's the thing. A lot of times we hold ourselves back because we say things to ourselves like, oh, I'm not qualified or, oh, I feel this like dream on my heart to whatever it is, launch a podcast, whatever it is. But it's like, oh, but I'm, you know, don't know how and I don't know, I have no connections and all the things we tell ourselves. And for me, in a way, it almost made no sense that I created a beauty company, right? And just the idea of it, because I didn't know anything about it. I knew no one in the industry. But every time I get still, like for me, um, and you know, no matter what people believe, whether it's they are hearing the universe talk to them or God talk to them, like for me, I hear it through my own intuition and my own gut instinct. And every time it felt like this, like God-sized dream, right? Like, like, that I needed to do this. Um, and really quick, just to give like a 30 second context, I, I thought I was going to be uh, an inner, you know, a, a journalist my whole career. Cause I, I love other people's stories. So I was, um, and I'd always dreamed of hosting a talk show since I was a little girl. So, and Oprah was my mentor every day of my life growing up. Right. Like all that. So I thought that's what I'm going to do my whole career. And I was working as a TV news anchor. And that's when I started getting this hereditary rosacea, which uh, for people not familiar with it, it's like if you imagine touching your cheeks and they feel like sandpaper and bumps everywhere and bright red. And so I'd be anchoring the news and I would hear from my producer into my ear live on television, like there's something on your face, there's something on your face, you need to wipe it off, you need to wipe it off. And I knew there wasn't anything on my face. And I went through this season of like, oh my gosh, are people going to change a channel? Am I going to get fired? All those things. And I started trying to find makeup that would work. And a couple of things happened. And this is something like everyone listening, no matter their dream, no matter their, where they're at right now. Right. Uh, um, a lot of people talk about like, what's your why for doing it? Right. Not just writing out your goals, but like, what's your why? And for me, something happened um, that, helped me sustain through years and years and years of no's and no money. And that was that I didn't just get a why for like, oh my gosh, let me create makeup. It was like a why, deep, deep, deep why. And here's what I mean by that. Um, in all the times I was trying to find makeup that worked and whether it was like the professional or the drugstore or the department store samples, I couldn't afford, but I go get the free samples, nothing I could find would work. And I had this moment that I think so many people have in their life where I was like, oh, my entire life since I was a little girl, I'd always seen these images of beauty on, in, in ads on TV or in magazines. And like, the A, I, I've never seen anyone with rosacea. <laughs> B, um, I don't even know if they're wearing the product that they're advertising. And then also it's like, oh, wait a minute. I kind of realized not only have I never seen anyone with skin challenges in these ads, my whole life as a little girl, like I always aspired to look like those ads. And yet at the same time, they always made me feel like I wasn't enough. And I had this big aha moment. Like if I give up my dream of being a, 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 a talk show host and I'm in this, in this dream job as a news anchor, because here's the thing, sometimes it's as important to know when to give up on a dream as it is to, to go after a new one. And I just felt like, something just spoke to me so deeply that, okay, if I can figure out how to make a product that works for me, A, it's probably going to help a lot of other people. Um, but more than that, what if I create a company that uses like real images 
and calls them beautiful models, like real women and men and, and, and all skin types and tones and sizes and shapes and ages. And what if I like prove that the product works? And I had this dream and Sean, you'll, you'll relate to this, but I had, I had this dream of like, let me go on QVC and do it because you can't fake live TV. You know what I'm saying? Like you can't Photoshop an ad. Like, let me show every type of person. Let me do it live. And let me do this for like every little kid who's about to learn to start doubting themselves and every grown person who still does from, let me, let me try to shift the culture uh, in the beauty industry. So that was the why beneath the why. And then I quit my job, thought I'll just pour my small savings into making a product and figuring it out. And I thought once I did that, it would be easy. And for every entrepreneur out there, they know that's not how it goes usually. So a lot of lessons after that started. I wanted to say, speaking of transcend, and it is, I connected with you on so many levels as you were telling your story. Uh, Cause I could literally talk to you for four hours about this, but we should do a four hour show with donuts. Let's, let's do that. <laughs> okay, perfect. <laughs> and we can have our own little talk show that day. Yes, um, yes. You know what you described when you were going to QVC and you drive down the road and you mm. see the big Q and you kind of get that feeling of, oh my goodness, I'm going to go on this show and it's this big platform and a hundred million homes and you get so nervous. I related to you so much with that because I was on QVC and it was, the pressure was on to sell a certain amount of units and, you know, getting invited back. But you know, that first day that you were on QVC live on air, you shared a moment that I think a lot of people would not want to share or want to hide. And it was the moment in which the host had to grab your hand to stop you from shaking, to give you a moment to collect yourself. I mean, people need to read this because it's riveting, but from your own personal experience and from your voice, I think I just kind of want to hear how you manage specifically to breathe in that good air and calm down so that you can deliver the message and be steadfast to get where you needed to go. Yeah, everything was on the line in that moment, right? And for me, it was like one of my biggest life lessons, I would say, not just business lessons, but life lessons where I was in this spot where all the experts were telling me what to do, right? To have the best chance of success in that moment when I'm standing there shaking like a leaf on TV. All the experts told me one thing, but like my gut told me a totally different thing. And sometimes in life, it's so hard when it's like, and by the way, for a lot of us, it's like other people's opinions or like our family or friends or whatever. They're doubting our dream or they're telling, they're giving all their input and it becomes so noisy that we almost can't even hear what our own gut's telling us. And what happened in that moment was after three years, so you guys imagine pouring all your savings in uh, and you launch your dream and you think it's just going to work. And then for three years, QVC said no. Their mm -hmm. head guy, Alan Burke, got on the phone with me. One time I finally got him on the phone and he said, literally, he said to me, you're not the right fit. Uh, for QVC or our customers. This was three years of Sephora saying no, old to every but department stores. We finally got one shot, right? In this moment, Sean, that you're talking about, we had one shot. It was a 10 minute window. And literally we had to hit their sales goal or not come back. Mm -hmm. And 
The only reason that was really scary is because we were only doing about two to three orders a day on our website at the time. And so we could, we were barely, I mean, we were like eating the dollar hot dogs at Costco. That was like dining out, which was a gift because they taste good. Like all those things, right? Like we, that's where we were. And we finally, it's a crazy story, which I share in the book, how we got this one shot on QVC finally, but we had one shot and it was a 10 minute window to either hit their sales numbers or not come back. And the challenge here was that uh, we had to sell over 6,000 units of our product, our buy-by under-eye concealer in this 10-minute window. And we were only selling two to three orders a day on our website. So, and it was consignment. And what that meant was we had to figure out how to get the money, which we didn't have, to pay for a manufacturer, ship in all that product, 6,000 units. And consignment at the t- at, for QVC is that if it doesn't sell, they ship it all back to you and yep. you, you don't get paid. You don't get paid. And so we had applied for 22 SBA loans and got rejected. And it was the 23rd that gave us enough money. This bank gave us enough money just to cover uh, that one order, right? And for QVC. And, and so uh, we had met with these third-party experts and they're awesome. They have a lot of people sell really well on TV and they all told me the same thing, which is like, okay, if you want your best chance of success, here's what you need to do in your segment. Here's the kind of model you need to use. And what they told me was the same models I've been seeing my whole life on TV ads that don't look like me, that don't have skin problems, that don't, right? And I'm like, and all the same age. And I'm just like, and I would argue with them and say, okay, but like, that's not my authentic why for why I created this. And like, what if I just like take my makeup off on national TV and show my bright red rosacea and like prove the product works and show, you know, models of all different ages and sizes and, and skin tones and skin challenges. Like, like, cause then if I'm sitting at home, let's say I'm sitting at home and I'm 70 years old and I'm like, and you know, don't like my hyperpigmentation, whatever it is. If I don't see someone who looks like me, like how am I going to know it works for me? Right. And we would get into it. And like, here's the thing I wish I knew, cause this would have saved me a million nights crying myself to sleep is so many times experts, like they want the best for you. They believe they, they also tout themselves as visionaries a lot of times, but like subconsciously they're only if you're doing something totally different right like something new something novel your own take on it like so many experts are only capable and they would never admit it but they're only capable of thinking something's going to be successful if they've already seen it succeed before right so like it's so hard when people don't believe in our dream or don't think it's going to work and especially in this case i you know i put these experts on pedestals thinking like oh my gosh they've helped so many people so meanwhile Really fast, really yeah, fast. Yeah. I'm note of that. And I just want to, I would love if you allow me to read this, this, yeah. this quote. I thought it was amazing. Where is it? Uh, you say in the book, to venture into unmapped territory, sometimes we have to take the experts off the pedestal we've created in our minds for them and put our intuition onto one. That is like... I just was like, yes. Anyway, I just wanted to like, I wanted people to hear that because yeah. it was just such a powerful moment as I was reading. If I look down, it's because I have notes and you're saying something. Oh, and I want to give this quick little um, plug if I can. So for years, for years and years and years, I was like, I'm not wearing, I'm, I wore makeup in my very first workout 
videos and I was like, I'm never wearing makeup again, specifically for the reason that it would be like cracked and I would look back. It's not that I didn't want it to, you know, make beautify my face. And as a male, like I don't have a problem wearing makeup. But when you talked about how you were bending, you put the makeup on and you were bending your wrists and comparing it to other makeup and how it didn't crack. When I was reading this book, I said, let me go get some, let me go get some ink cosmetics real quick. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Anyways, sorry, I cut you off, but I just needed people to hear that. Oh, thank you. Well, yeah. I mean, so, so I love that. I love that you shared that quote too. And I love that, that, that touched you because it was one of my biggest lessons of learning, you know, and in that moment, by the way, it was all on the line, right? So, so, so the experts are telling me what to do. I don't have the luxury of trying it both ways. And I, I flew out to QVC a week early, sat in that parking lot. And I literally just sat in this rental car and I stared at the front door and I knew, and I watched people go in and out all day long. And I sat there and I cried and I prayed. It felt like it was so heavy because I knew the next time I walked through those doors, like I was either going to walk out with my whole life changed or I was going to walk out bankrupt and out of business also with my whole whole life changed and uh, I just sat in that car and I was like literally praying and crying so I was like I it's so tempting when everything it's it's easy to go oh this is what I stand for but like when your whole business is on the line and you don't know if you're gonna it's really tempting to go oh well maybe they're experts for a reason and and listen experts are amazing to to listen to in so many cases and the way I decide who to listen to is I check in with my gut. And it's like, oh, does this feel right? Does this, do I feel peace about it? Do I feel like, yes, this is right? And, and in this case, I didn't. I sat there in that car and I knew they were giving me the best advice they could. They wanted me to win, right? And, and, but my gut kept telling me they're wrong. And when we have those moments in life, it's really freaking scary and it's hard. And I just sat in there and I, I just imagined the women and men watching QVC that I imagined the moment, you know, if I was going to get 10 minutes of, and people were going to spend their precious time turning their TV station on and watching me, like, like, what did I want to stand for? Right. And it came down to this moment in the car. For some reason, I imagined like this single mom in Nebraska folding laundry, who was like too busy to remember that she mattered and that she's beautiful and uh, all those things. And I was like, you know what? I'd rather have her turn her TV on not even buy anything and see me showing models that look like her. And I'd rather do that than like sell a ton of product and stand for nothing. And so it was like, I knew what I had to do, but sometimes we know, and it's not easy. And I remember Sean, the, the moment you're talking about, so, so that I'm standing there in a live studio, right? And the 10 minute clock is going and it's about to start counting down and it's like, boom, 9.59, 9.58. I'm freaking shaking and I'm not even nervous for TV, but it was the fact that my whole company was on the line. It was coming down to this moment. And the other thing that's crazy, I didn't know this until I, I got on QVC the first time. The other thing that's crazy is if you're not hitting the sales goals like a minute or two in, right, right, they cut your time live. So it's not like you're guaranteed 10 minutes. right and it's like if you're like eight you know two minutes in and you think you have eight minutes left and you're not doing well boom your clock's at two minutes you just lost so much money (laughs) and it's 
and you can't like try to sell because then nothing sells. And so anyhow, I'm there live and it's like 958, 958, 958. And I tried doing this demonstration that Sean's talking about, which is where I, um, and I'd practice this like a million times in my bathroom mirror, right? And I had the, like the two leading department store concealers that are so famous. I had them on my wrist along with ours. And I was, I bend my wrist back and forth to show like, oh, they start cracking, creasing in ours. Doesn't, so I planned this so many times. So there I am on live television in front of 100 million homes, did not anticipate that my like whole body would be shaking like a leaf, like Scooby-Doo in the cartoon when he sees a ghost, like shaking to the point where the host finally grabbed my hand and she's like, thank you, sugar. And she pushed it under the thing. And I remember my bright red uh, bare face before a shot came up on national TV. And I remember walking over to all the, 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 the real uh, women I put as models and there was like a minute left in the cell and uh, or maybe maybe less than that and I remember the host saying like the deep shade is almost gone the tan shade we're down to a few hundred and I was like <gasps> and then I remember at the last second the sold out sign went up across the screen and I literally start sobbing like start <laughs> sobbing right my husband comes running through the double doors and I'm like oh, real people have spoken and he's like we're not going bankrupt and then it was like crazy and Sean that one by the way this was years of no right you're not the right fit for us and then that one airing turned into five that year 101 the next year and we eventually did 250 live shows a year on QVC and built the uh, biggest beauty brand in QVC's history and right now at this moment it still is and I only share that because it's like anyone listening right now is going through this season where they're like oh I'm my my idea it feels right in my gut but it's like is not getting traction or my sales suck online or all the retailers are saying no, or, or I'm not getting clients or all, we go through those hard seasons and so many people never make it simply because they just give up and they quit when it gets hard. And for me, when you really learn, and, and it's such a, a big part of, of why I wrote um, Believe It, my new book, because when you, I feel like just spending that time and it's a practice and it's a journey of learning to hear your own gut. Right. Uh, and when you check in and it tells you you're on the right path for me, that's what I listen to. I don't, I didn't listen to my bank account. I didn't listen to the fact we were only doing two orders a day for a long time or all the retailers saying, no, you're not the right fit. Um, I kept listening to that. And, and to me, that, that was one of the biggest things that, um, allowed us to build. And now, um, now it is the largest uh, luxury makeup company in the country right now as of 2020, which is crazy, Sean, because when I was Denny's waitress, I'd save my tip money to try and buy a Mac lipstick and a Lancome eyeliner. Like it was a big deal for me. Right. And to think that this little company we started in our living room is now bigger than all of them. Like it's crazy, crazy. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today crazy i want to talk about when you said um 
I found comfort and knowledge that being underestimated can be a superpower. It sounds really great, right? Like we both have had experiences where we can now look back and say, oh, you just got to go. You got to push. You just got to believe it. What do you tell Again, that mom that may be home folding the laundry or that guy that's, you know, just got a divorce and is feeling on a down and out. How what would you how would you tell them to believe it? Like, even though someone's told, you no, or even though you're in that struggle, like, believe it. Right. So I think I think the very first thing is knowing And believing that like every one of us has this person, I believe we're all born to be. And I think Mm -hmm. most people never actually become that person. I think most people uh, end up for a lot of reasons, talking, like staying in their comfort zone, um, almost letting it chip away at their soul. Cause I think that's what happens when we stay in our comfort zone and also like talking themselves out of their own truth. Right. And I think the very first thing in order to believe that people need to do is make the decision they want to, mm. right? That's the most important because a lot of people will never make the decision that they want to learn how to believe in themselves, that they want to learn how to believe it's possible to step into all of, of who they're born to be. Um, and I think that, you know, there's a lot of um, lessons I've learned that now I really like share as tips in the book on, on how to do this, because I think we're all on a journey. Um, once we decide, <laughs> you're like, yeah, I, I want to, you know, become the person I was born to be, be, be step into all of who I am. Um, then there's a lot, of, a lot of, it's a journey, a lot of things we need to do. So, you know, um, one story, one quick story, and then some tips on what to do for that is uh, on underestimated is, you know, for me, I feel like I've always been underestimated for whatever reason. And I think sometimes when we're kind to other people, instantly are underestimated. I think sometimes, you know what I mean? And I think that, I mean, one moment, for example, and I think you can use people's underestimation as fuel. And I think sometimes it, it, it becomes 360 and it, it really works as grace in your own journey. Um, and some people might say, you know, a lot of people say, oh, well, things happen for a reason or the universe is always right or, or God always knows what he's doing. And there's a lot of, uh, if you're someone that's always underestimated, I don't think it's an accident. I think that it's actually supposed to be part of who you are on your own journey and the things that you become strong enough to overcome and smart enough to overcome, right? And uh, one example is, you know, this was before our launch on QVC, we're a few years into this company. I'd started in my living room, thought it was going to be, you know, great. And meanwhile, we got down to under $1,000 in our bank account, which was our personal and our business bank account. I don't know, Sean, if you've ever, like, I would go to the ATM if I needed 20 bucks and like, I'd hit no receipt, right? I couldn't, I couldn't stomach seeing the receipt. And, um, (laughs) yes, yes. Right. (laughs) And we finally got this call that I thought was life-changing from a potential investor, private equity company. And, and they loved our product, loved our product. And I was like, oh my gosh, Sean, this is going to be huge because they, this particular private equity company had created, uh, or I should say invested in and built a lot of the products we buy at the grocery store. And they turned in a lot of like consumer products from unknown into big household names, huge companies. I was like, oh my gosh, if they invest in us, like A, we're not going to go bankrupt. 
B, what if they can use their leverage to get us into all these retail stores that are saying no? I was so excited. And so we started doing meetings with them. And uh, meeting after meeting, we started the diligence phase, which is when we show them like all of our projections and the future products we want to launch and all that stuff. And I remember the final meeting. And I thought like, this is going to be life-changing. My husband and I flew up to this meeting and we were standing like three feet from the head guy. And um, he said to me like, we're, you know, we really love your product. And, and uh, we want to thank you for everything, but it's a no. We're going to pass on investing in your company. And I said, and I was so used to hearing no at that point, right? So I was like, okay, okay, um, but can you share why? Like, you know, you know, and because feedback's usually a gift. And, um, right. and he was literally like three feet from me. And he says, do you want me to be honest with you? And I said, yes, please. And then he, he literally looked at me and he said, I just don't think women are going to buy makeup from someone who looks like you, you know, with your body and your weight. And I remember as he was saying this to me, I remember like I felt my whole body flood with like a lifetime of body doubt and uh, self-doubt. And it was so weird because I didn't get mad or even hurt in that moment. I felt this crazy feeling of like my own fear staring back at me, first of all, as he was talking. And I felt this deep feeling, this deep knowing, I should call it, that he's wrong. But I also knew if I was ever going to prove that, <laughs> I would A, need to figure out how to believe it for myself, right? Because that's, that's literally half of it. And I thanked him for his time, for his honest advice. And here's what happened in that moment. And by the way, I think this is a defining thing for so many people out there dealing with rejections and how to handle them. Our human nature, our humanness wants to go to um, a victim mentality, anger, all those things like, oh, F him. Like I like what a jerk, like all those things. Right. But it was like of all the things I did wrong. This is one of the things I did. Right. Where I was like, oh, my gosh, it hit me. He was passing on investing in our company because of my weight. I was like, wow, he is as much of a byproduct of the beauty industry his whole life as I am, right? It's like, wow, he's making business decisions because in his whole life, he's just seen one type of beauty on TV or in magazines, and he doesn't believe any other way will make him money. And I realized this, this why is so deep. It's so powerful. Like, not just, oh, let me create products that work. It's like, and by the way, by the way, um, oh my gosh, I'll go off on this for an hour, but so many people, because I've seen so many people fail, right, in their businesses, and I feel like it's because they create their mission, their why, and it just sounds good. Like, in this case, my why could have been like, oh, I want to solve my own skin problems, and I want to help other women, and other people, and other men, and other people that are the same, and that would be a great why, and it would sound really good but it wouldn't have been deep enough to keep me going in all those hard years. And a lot of people have these whys that sound great. Like, Oh, I want to pay for my kid's school one day, or I want to buy a house. And like, those are great. And if you tell someone else that why they'll think you're amazing, but literally it's not deep enough to the core of pain inside of you. That's going to keep you going during all the hard times that face most of us. Right? So like in that moment, he was obviously completely underestimating me. I also knew I'm also underestimating myself and I have to figure out not to, but I turned it into like fuel for that, like deep why, like the real why I needed to keep going. And here's the crazy thing about when we trust ourselves, 
and we try and we learn to hear ourselves and trust ourselves, which is like half of my book on how I figured out for me how to, how to do that in a lot of cases and how other people can as well. But like when we believe and trust, whether it's in the universe, whether it's the power greater than ourselves, for me, faith's a big deal. I believe stuff's divinely orchestrated in my life. And so many times these huge, painful rejections or setbacks or no's like suck in the time and they're devastating and they don't make sense and they're not fair. But like years later, right, we can look back on them and be like, oh my gosh, that was grace. Because had this dude said yes to me at that time, Sean, I was so desperate. I would have been like, take most of the company for like anything, just help us survive. And It's like, instead, because of so many people rejected me, I couldn't even give my company away for a little bit of money for so many years. And then by the time, fast forward many years, and we did bring on some investors toward the end, but fast forward to 2016, um, when L'Oreal bought our company, I was was still the largest shareholder. And that changed my life, right? And had he said yes to me back then, like who knows what I'd end up owning, um, and 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 the day. Um, so and by the way, we met with L'Oreal for three years. I was really hoping to partner with them because I was like, oh, they could take our vision and scale it globally really quickly. And but they said no for three years. And when when it eventually was a yes, uh, they L'Oreal announced that it was their largest acquisition in U.S. history, and it was this all cash deal and this big thing. And I got an email from that guy, from that investor, the day of the deal, because it went on the Wall Street Journal online, the homepage and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And he said, um, I, uh, congratulations on your deal. I was wrong. Um, and it also I learned it would have been the most successful investment in his company history had he said yes right but he underestimated me hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain i learned this the hard way after losing my cat gingy so i created pretty litter a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors saving you money and potentially your cat's life pretty litter is veterinary and developed and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. (laughs) You talk about your why running deep, right? And it sounds good. But I think you proved that when you, it wasn't just about you. I mean, when you, he was saying no, like not everyone looks like the person on the cover of a magazine or a a beauty magazine. Not everyone looks like that. So you, and I would be bold enough to say that, I believe that that's maybe 10% of the population. So you're, you're, you're excluding 90% of the population because of what you think beauty is, but not really going to the person that 
maybe they have beauty inside of them and this is what's going to bring them out. And so, you know, I just really want to commend you on not just having something that sounded good, but it, it made you like help other people feel good. And you said something earlier about, uh, what you were born to be. And I know that this subject is, it was very emotional in the book. And, you know, as a person that never met their, their biological father before, you know, you also transcended finding out a secret that would devastate most. And you, again, had to believe it and believe in yourself. And I think you know what I'm talking about. Can you just share just a little bit of that? Thank you. Yeah. And you know, um, really fast, one thing you asked me earlier, I just realized I forgot to, you said how, for people in that moment when they're shaking and they're, how do I get through this? What did you do? What was your mindset? It's exactly what you just said. Like, I forgot to, I forgot to answer you. So just to share it really quick in case it's a yeah. value in that moment. Um, when I'm shaking on live TV and I feel like everything's on the line, exactly what you just said, Sean, I knew it can't be about me or I'm effed. I'm done. Because literally, if you want the real truth, I was wearing double Spanx at the time. I'm like, my dress feels tight. Is my Spanx absorbing all my sweat dripping down because I'm freaking out? That's what's going on in my head, right? And if I stay, there's that famous thing, if you stay in your head, you're dead, right? I knew this is not about me or I'm going to fail. And it was like in that moment, that's when you dig deep and you call on your why. It's like, oh, this is like for every person out there watching who deserves to see a different, who deserves to see me calling real people beautiful and meaning it. Like that's what it was about. And so in that moment, the only way I got through it and didn't fail was like, I had to make it not about me. It had to be about something so much bigger than me. Um, or I, it was just too much pressure to handle. I think I couldn't have, I couldn't have, um, you know, I couldn't have made it through, let alone uh, connected in an authentic way where people are going to keep their channel on me, not turn it off yeah. and consider buying the product. Right. Um, and that's the thing is like, and that's the other thing is your mission has to be so authentic because had I shown up with this why that was great, but not like the deep core, I don't think people would have connected the same way. And anyways, yeah. So, um, I go deep in the book on some personal stuff. I would say 95% of this book I've never shared are stories and lessons I've wow. never shared before. And I was uh, wondering, I was saying to myself, I was like, I wonder if anyone has ever heard, because this is like really powerful stuff that can re it's like, it's almost like us in a, in a, in a positive way, a smack in the face of like, wow, if Jamie can accomplish what she's accomplished while going through these challenges, I know I can too. But um, yes, this is very personal. And if you want to share just a little bit of it, I mean, again, in the book, you go so deep that this isn't going to ruin anything, but yeah. I would love for you to share. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, and I, I really try to share the lesson in all of it. And a lot of times it's a lesson I wish I knew sooner because <laughs> I would have saved a lot of time, a lot of money, a lot of tears. Uh, but yeah, I mean, in my, in my 20s, my mid to late 20s, um, I found out completely by surprise, uh, uh, and I wasn't supposed to find out, but I found out I was adopted and I literally had no idea. And I was in shock. And I think sometimes in our family, we think we're close with, or maybe it's a, a relationship 
or a friendship. We think we know that person. We think we know everything. We think we can trust everything. And they pull the rug out from underneath us. Um, And you go through this season of like betrayal. And in this case, who am I? (laughs) Where do I come from? Mm -hmm. Um, All these things. How, what else don't I know? Like, how is this, you know, my mom, I love more than anyone in the world. How, like, how has she kept this from me? Um, all those things. And I became obsessed. I went through this season of becoming obsessed, trying to figure out who my birth parents were. And it was a crazy journey um, uh, and a hard one. And I, I got a name of, of one woman who I didn't know if it was true of the real name or not. And I spent five years calling thousands and thousands of women across the country that had part of first, middle, or last part of that name and just got hung up on thousands of times for years. And I talk about the obsessive search. And I also talk about how sometimes we um, can like fantasize about how stuff is going to be when we meet a person and all those things. And I talk about when I did finally meet her um, and how she disappeared and all of these things. And then the journey of of eventually meeting and the journey of to this day, not knowing who my dad is because he doesn't know I exist. There's so much in there. And I didn't write this book to share my story. I wrote this book to share parts of everyone else's story out there who might be going through these different moments in their life. Um, and some of the lessons I've learned out of them. And, you know, uh, there's a really big spiritual lesson for me um, in, in the very end of this book as it pertains to years of every time I see a guy on TV Googling to see if maybe he's my dad. Like all these things for years. And I had this huge moment where I realized like a deep spiritual knowing where it's like, oh, and this is for everyone out there who maybe doesn't know who their daddy is either or doesn't like their dad (laughs) or any of those things, right? For me, it was like, oh, A, God is my father. B, like I'm supposed to be on this journey of becoming strong enough to handle all the things that life throws at us, right? I think so many times we see all these hardships we go through, but like if we shift our mindset around like, oh, these are all helping me become strong enough to carry the weight of my goals and dreams and the kind of life I want once it does happen because success isn't easy either in any area of our life. And it's really just about the journey, right? And I I really talk about deep lessons in here where I used to like the, all the things that we think hold us back, the kind of, you know, oh, I don't come from the right family. I don't come from the right, I didn't go to the right school. I don't, I, I don't have any connections. I'm not this, I'm not that. It's like I've grown to learn and believe um, all of us. It's possible for all of us to step into the person that we're supposed to be. I've grown to fully doubt without, and I went through a whole season of God doubt, doubting God exists. And I learned how to tell him that and ask him to prove me wrong. Like I go deep on faith in this book. I remember that part, prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. And here's what I know and what I believe. Like, I believe God does not just show up for perfect people who whatever, whatever, because so many of us think like, oh, it's too late or this, or I'm, I'm too flawed. For me, it was I've made too many mistakes. I'm too flawed to be worthy of God showing up for. 
what I know beyond a shadow of a doubt is I think God delights most in showing up for imperfect people who ask him to. And I believe, I believe he doesn't make any mistakes, but I believe every one of us has stuff we need to change on this journey. And I'm just going to say it. I've never said it before. I don't even care. Every one of us has stuff that on this journey to stepping into all of who we are and, and, and called to be, I think God gave us all the things we need to change on purpose. Mm. And I don't think any of them are a mistake. And some of us, we need to change our mindset. And some of us, we need to get over the genetic stuff that we're, you know, predestined to be, whether it's anger or all these things. For some of us, we need to change the body we were born in. I think for all of us, it's part of our journey of us learning to listen to our truth, knowing who we are, who we're called to be. And I think it's all perfect. I think it's all what we're supposed to go through on that, on that journey of learning to know our knowing and our truth, not talking ourselves out of our truth and stepping into all of who, all of who we are and all of who we're created to be. And so really like, whether it's the journey of that big family secret or, you know, feeling like the rugs pulled out from underneath us. Um, or, and I know we shared this in common, the journey of surrogacy, Sean, I did not know how to trust another human being. Mm-hmm. And I, I talk about this journey of, of adoption and surrogacy after not being able to get, to get pregnant for 10 years. And um, it's wild how the things we go through in life can feel like setbacks, but really they're setups for like the things we're supposed to learn, the lessons we're supposed to embrace. And my whole life, I just thought like, oh, I don't need to depend on anyone else. Like I don't need a man. I like independence is a badge of honor. I am a lone wolf. I'll count on me. I'll show up for me. And anyone else out there who is that, that way, I thought that was a badge of honor. I thought it was something I was proud of. And what I realized through having to go through getting to go through, I should say, the surrogacy journey and having to trust another human being (laughs) to carry my baby and all those things, like I learned this powerful lesson that, and it was the most beautiful experience, far more beautiful in so many ways spiritually than had I done it on my own. And I also learned about myself and maybe some people listening will learn this too, especially in some of the stories in the book, but I learned that like, oh, being a lone wolf, like, isn't a badge of honor. For me, it actually came from a deep-seated insecurity that I wasn't worthy of other people showing up for. Mm. And so I actually just thought in my own head, oh, no, no, I'm independent. So through the surrogacy journey, and, and, and I learned life isn't meant to do alone. <laughs> and it was a really powerful, powerful journey. So I would like to say... Uh, just a little personal story. So I was having a, I'm going to get a little upset, but I was having a really tough time earlier this week. And I was texting Alex, our producer. I was just like, you know, my husband asked me, you know, when's the last time you felt like whole? And I said to Alex, cause we started reading books in the beginning of the year. We were, she was, she started reading like a book a week and then I soon followed. And I was like, it was when I was reading a book a week and it just so happened that today I was going to be interviewing you. And it was the first book I picked up since the pandemic where I got completely derailed. And so this was like the first time where I felt like I was getting you know, lots of inspiration and motivation. And I felt like there was like sort of like a mirror 
of someone like saying like use your superpowers you can do it and and that's why i want everyone to go out there and get this book i mean it it really makes you believe even to someone who has a tattoo on their arm i mean you really i've never read a book in one day and so until yesterday and i purposely waited well i was gonna read on saturday but i didn't have any kids because of what we're going through and i knew i was gonna like power through this and so it was just like your book was so needed at this time and it just was like full circle on how i met you in a room and i felt your energy and i felt your energy in the book the same way so i just want to say thank you so much for sharing your story Uh, for making me not feel so alone. And I know that people who are listening to this podcast or watching it, they, if they don't know who you are, I hope you all get to go follow Jamie Kern Lima and just really get this book and grab a couple tea cup of tea and tell people, this is my personal time. This is my selfish time and read this book. And with that said, I'm going to let you close this podcast out because I feel like I want to hear some of your words. Oh, I love you so much. I'm like, "Ah, I can just cry my makeup off. Um, (laughs) I love you. I love your heart, right? I think that's why millions of people love you because you show up fully, authentically. Um, And I think that I went through a season of doubting myself. and, and, And I think for anyone out there, you know, who listening, who's like, oh, yeah, I love Sean because... He's like shows up authentically, right? Like all of us have that power to do that. And I feel like this book is really for anybody who um, wants to maybe go from doubting themselves to learning how to trust themselves and believe and, and, and know they're enough. And anyone on that journey who, you know, wants that boost into, into, and tips and lessons into, into stepping into, to all of who you are, all of you created, who you're created to be. And, um, and also Sean, just to celebrate to you, just to share with you as well, the book, um, is believe it, believe it, um, and uh, and for the big launch week, just to um, oh look at your coffee, ah, I'm gonna cry, <laughs> I love it. Um, you have the advanced early, you have the insider coffee shanti. Oh. <laughs> um, but the website, uh, this is so your so for your whole community, anyone who does decide they want to pick it up, um, we're giving away tons of free stuff. You can buy it anywhere, books are sold, doesn't matter where. And on the website, believeit.com, which the book is called Believe It, um, I'm giving away I, my first ever course called uh, Becoming Unstoppable, How to Overcome the Things Holding You Back. And then there's an amazing um, workbook that helps you implement all the lessons from the book into your real life. So we're giving those away for free just through launch week, though, just through launch week. So if you do want to pick it up, just go to believeit.com, anyone that's in Sean's community. And uh, I'm so excited. I'm so grateful to share all this with you and everybody listening. Well, thank you. And to everyone, like I always end this podcast, and clearly Jamie co-signs with this message, always trust and believe in who you are. Thank you, Jamie, so much. Thank you. Thank you so much, Sean.